Hello, everyone. This is Brett speaking, and welcome back to the Comeuppance Reviews podcast. <laughs> hey, it's a tie guy. We're back with another exciting episode. And what have we got today? We, I think you have been watching a show. I guess it was Criminal Minds. Yes, Crim Minds. I mean, we call it Crim Minds for short. And, you know, I've been watching, you know, 16 seasons, so. But now, you know, Hotch is gone, but every time Hotch was around, he said, Will's up in 30. You know, he said that all the time. That's all he says. <laughs> well, and, and also, weren't you telling me that, like, pretty much every character has been kidnapped at one point? Hotch is kidnapped, JJ's kidnapped, yeah, they kidnapped Dar- everyone. Yeah, Shamar Moore, or Derek Morgan is kidnapped, anyway, Garcia is kidnapped. They haven't kidnapped Mantegna or Rossi yet. So like, well, I I feel like well, maybe when they start to run out of ideas on a 22 episode season, let's kidnap someone. Yeah, they, I think they even kidnap Prentice. They kidnap everyone. Yeah. So but, your goal is to watch how many seasons and how much oh, time? Three hundred plus episodes, sixteen seasons. And where are you now? Season eleven. Okay, well, you're, it's a very big undertaking. Yeah. You know, CBS. You know, that's what they do. They do those big long seasons. Well, I. I started on November 20th. I'm hoping to finish in about a month. So it'll take about three, four months to finish. All right. Well, we'll see how many more people get kidnapped. Uh, <laughs> I'll keep you posted. Yeah, please do. It's like Nash Bridges, you know. It's just like, you know, uh, you just like <laughs> uh, Do you need to explain? No. Nah, well, well, every time you watch a Nash Bridges, they usually have a ship noise because they live on the dock. So every single episode, it goes, uh, and then you got Don Johnson and Cheech Marin yucking it up. Another CBS show that you undertook to watch, which most people would not. Yeah, it was okay. The movie was not bad, though. Nash Bridges, the movie. How like, many ship noises were in there? A lot. Actually, they started right with the ship noise when I, when I fired up on I'm the Man. So it's like. Um, all right. And I believe we have an action star. Do you want to do the oh, song? Sure. <laughs> Should have been an action star. <laughs> I like your extended yeah. note there. That was good. And, and who do we have today? Pat Boone. Now, Pat Boone, you know, he did that album in a metal mood yeah, where he tried exactly. to show it more, a bit more of his badass character. He was, I believe, wearing sunglasses and a leather vest on the front cover of that. And it's right there. It's right there. So it's time for another Crow knockoff. We got Pat Boone. Or maybe, or crow? Like the Crow? The Crow, like Brandon Lee, the Crow. And, and it'd be Pat Boone. Yeah, be, yeah Pat Boone, that's the Crow. Or a Crow knockoff. Like the Raven. What well, is already Eric? His name is Eric Draven. Eric D. Raven. Yeah, so this will be Pat Raven. And it's like. <laughs> so Pat Raven, yeah. at, at his age now. Now, yeah, now. Or maybe, I don't know, 50. How old are you now? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how old he is, but it's, it's over 50. I'll, I'll so tell you then that. I just remember, okay, it'll be really cool. So he could fight some like uh, evil motorcycle gangs, and he does a double punch. <laughs> To like two different gangs at the same time. Like, eh, eh, yeah, like eh. boom, and then it's like, and then it's pretty cool, and there's a really cool, awesome explosions, and a motorcycle is on fire, and of course, wait, what's our title? Uh, <laughs> the Raven. The Raven, or like, or maybe maybe it could be part of the Crow series, but he's yeah. like Eric Draven's father. Yeah, so maybe like, grandfather. Yeah, yeah, he'd be like Pat Draven, so it'd be like the Crow origins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always got to be origins. That's like an ongoing thing. Yeah. We'll be like Draven origins. Oh, perfect, Draven oranges. oranges. <laughs> Draven oranges. <laughs> yeah, that's what it, it takes place in California. Yeah, yeah. And Draven. <laughs> Origins, yes. yeah, and so he's 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 an orange, he's orange, orange he's orange yeah. farmer by day, and he sells yeah. oranges by the highway by yeah. day. But he actually avenges people's, his, yeah. You know, his wife gets killed, and then he's out, you know, he's after these motorcycle gangs. It'll be really funny, right? And fun, right? Okay, so we got Pat Boone as 
as basically the crow. Yeah, it'd be like Pat Draven. Yeah, so there we go. Well, and he was known for doing these sort of knockoffs, like Tutti Fruity. You know, it's like it's not the Little Richard version; it's the Pat Boone version. <laughs> so maybe it would be like this, like the Pat Boone version of <laughs> of, uh, of a more edgy material, like a little the edges rounded off. Well, Tutti Fruity. So that was an exotic cereal, right? So it's just like <laughs> it was. Isn't that called the Tutti Fruity cereal? Are you thinking of Fruity Pebbles? Oh, okay. maybe, but it's like. <laughs> I don't believe it was a cereal. I think it's a flavor of Italian ice, oh, okay. as we famously saw in, in Seinfeld. Um, like Italian ice? Or... I, I, I was never a huge fan, but I have nothing against it. It's basically just flavored it, ice. It's flavored ice. Like, I don't like that plain old lame ice. Here's some flavored ice. Well, no, and it's Italian, apparently, too. So it's Italian ice. Yes, Goomba ice. Wow, well, okay. Now we're getting... Uh... We're getting... We're getting well, it's like that's what they wear on their pinkies, that they're iced out. You know? <laughs> So I guess we can go to our subject. Okay, here. so you came up with another one of these combo episodes and these wacky ideas. So what do, what did you come up with? All right. It's time for another combo. We got Terminal and Dragon. <laughs> Terminal okay. Dragon. Okay, so Terminal and Dragon don't normally go together, but you have magically <laughs> sewn them together <laughs> yeah. using the sewing thread of your crazy mind. Some sort of like Frankenstein's monster kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I mean, people seem to like these episodes, so I guess we'll keep doing them as long as you can come up with I, them. I thought of one for the future, maybe. It would be like Ring. All the moves of the word Ring and all the moves of the word War. Ring War. It's like Ringworm. Well, Warring is a word, yeah. Yeah, so, so maybe Warring. warring. Yeah, and we can come up with a pun for the title, yeah. like... Uh, I don't know, warring and warring peace. War, yeah, war and peace. That's, that's my favorite book. <laughs> yes, I'm still sure reading it. Is. One thousand million. Pages. Yeah, it's kind of long. Did you read it? I've never read it, but mom oh. listened to it as a book on tape. And how long did that take? Like you have to ask her, but it's a lot of driving. I think. It's like at least two years of driving to work. Yeah, to yeah, no, I think so. And then you know, Vronsky goes somewhere. I, I don't know. I think Vronsky is a character in something. I don't know if it's War and Peace or not. It sounds but. like like a Charles Bronson character, Vronsky. Just like, just well, maybe in the movie version, Bronsky, Bronson could play Vronsky. Vronsky, yeah. I, I've had enough of your war. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's then, the peace? Yeah, where's time for the peace? And I have some machine guns. <laughs> All right, is that something Charles Bronson in War and Peace? I think we might have something it might there. Be something. I think that's a good idea. I think. All right. So what? Now keep in mind these aren't all the movies with Terminal and Dragon in the world. They're just the ones from our website, ComeUpInterviews.net. So from our website, first off, we're starting with Terminal, terminal. or Dragon. Okay, Terminal. Yeah. What? No, just as a quick preface, yeah. the word Terminal was very commonly used during the video store era. There's a lot of Terminal movies. And so I guess it's about time we talked about them all. Um, so why do you think it is that all these action movies use the word Terminal so much? It's computer, kind of computer related, because our first oh. movie, I can even go right to it, is Terminal Countdown, also known as Y2K. <laughs> you know, I never thought of that, but yeah, kind of in the same vein that... Uh, VR was very yeah. huge in virtual reality. Yeah, I never even thought of that. The terminal could also refer to, re- refer to a computer terminal. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what. Oh no, so, I was thinking a terminal meaning like you, you know when you say your terminal you're gonna die. Yeah. No, no. This so is it's like a double meaning. Yeah. The so, terminal countdown. I'll talk about Y2K. Now Y2K. I'll talk about that for just a second. Sure. I think we've mentioned it before, but okay. go ahead. I wasn't that scared of it. Well, I was more scared of El Nino. So it's like <laughs> those were the two big threats of the '90s. So it just goes back to zero. Y2K. It's like oh, oh no. Well, but people, I mean, the threat as, and we can ask Ken Olin because, uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what if they're right? Yeah, Y2K, we, <laughs> the movie on NBC, which is a real thing that you yeah. can look up. But, um, 
you know, people were worried that it's going to go back to 1900. And then that means that on all of our computers. And that means planes are going to fall out of the sky. Computers will stop working. And everyone will think we're living in the year 1900, I think, was the big fear. I mean, that's an interesting idea for a movie that they actually go back in time to 1900. But, you know, that, that's too wacky. Well, so maybe the Ken Olin movie should have been, you know, what if they're right? Then they are right, right. And then it, you don't—it's not time travel. That you don't go back to 1900, but you—everyone thinks it's 1900, and you have to live like it's 1900 right. now. But still in the modern age, interesting. That's how I see it. Because my understanding is that Y2K, when the clocks reset, there's going to be some, and then you're back in 1900, and it's time travel. Uh, was that was that something you or other people were afraid of? Oh, I don't think so, but I wasn't that afraid. It's kind of like you know. Daylight savings time. Right, right. Very similar, actually. Yeah. The actually, clocks reset. Yeah, except now you have to do it on your clock, on your microwave, and your stove. Yeah. And then you can't get them in the same, so they're always one minute off. Yeah, I know, right? And it's, it's, it, that's, that's a pet peeve of mine. I try to time it the best I can so they're not yeah. one minute off. It, there's a real art to doing that, I think. It's tricky, because you have to be, like, perfect. It has to be perfect timing. So right. Like, <laughs> which leads us perfectly to we'll this to movie, Terminal Countdown, which features a fascinating haircut. Yes, which I think we mentioned before, but let's get it on the record one more time. But I think you'll you'll favor us with the plot. Um, So here we go. When it's discovered that Y2K will trigger a mechanism that will set off some missiles hidden in the Colombian jungle, General Seward, played by Malcolm McDowell, sends computer techie Vince, played by James Wolzett, and Louis Gossett Jr. too. So he comes out of retirement for the job. And then there's CIA head Fairchild. So there's Morgan and Fairchild. (laughs) a coincidence? I think not. <laughs> right. You ever see that one of Morgan Fairchild, um, Venus Rising? I- I'm going to say no. It's a young Jessica Alba. I don't oh. really know much about it. I've been to Science Spy Slog or something. Oh, because I like both of those people. I really like Morgan Fairchild and Jessica Alba. You so saw that cop movie I found at Goodwill. Oh, oh Hollywood. Hollywood Cop? No, no. Um, oh, Midnight Cop. Midnight Cop, thank you, yeah. Um, what do you think? Is that the one with the foreign guy and it takes place well, in... Well, Armin mueller stall so you want to count him as a foreign guy? Well, yeah, just... sorry. Maybe <laughs> if you're listening to this in our, in Germany, I guess yeah. he's not a foreign guy to you. But um, yeah, it, it, I, I liked it, but it was too long and it, it did have some flaws and things I didn't like. But overall, it was okay. Is uh, Morgan Fairchild interesting? I mean, I gotta look up her career more. Maybe there's something interesting. Oh, there's lots of interesting things. You should explore her career. There's there's stuff there. There's a movie called I think Seduced by Evil. Stars Suzanne Somers. Oh, and I thought, hmm, interesting. And she did a lot of TV work, and you could probably find some interesting stuff in there. All right, so the plot, yeah. So they go to the Colombian jungle. It's kind of a jungle slog. But the the weirdest part is that in the beginning they steal footage from Basic Instinct. The car chase. Right, because I think we've said most people forget there is a car chase in Basic Instinct, which is probably what the makers of Terminal Countdown were depending on. And uh, they kind of splice that in, as, as these DTV movies were wont to do. You know, they would steal they that. just got away with it, too. It didn't look that terrible. So, um, But there's no hiding that haircut, though. Should we talk about the elephant yeah, in the room? talk about the elephant in the room, which is his James Wolzitz haircut. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. And I try to be kind to everyone's hair. But this is, oh my God. Well, you, you explained it in the review. It's atrocious. It's Michael Berryman's hair from the Motley Crue video smoking in the boys' room. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it, it, it's like Mo Howard if he shaved the sides. Yeah. 
it's just, you watch him act with his haircut. It's like, I can't watch this anymore. Well, it's hard to take the character seriously because, I mean, yeah, I get it. It was the 90s. People were doing crazy things with their hair. You know, people were experimenting. I get it. Believe me. But this just didn't work. And the hair is so silly. As, as soon as you see it, you start laughing. And you might think we're overstating it by talking about it so much. We're not. If you watch this movie and you see his hair, I, I'm pretty sure you'll double over on your couch laughing. And it's, I guess we also, but the one good thing you liked about the movie, there's a character named Paco. 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 Yeah, he's just like a tour guide or something. Paco the tour guide. Why is he so memorable? I guess because he livens things up because he's like fun. Like, I'm Paco the tour guide. I'm the Columbia jungle. <laughs> it's like, so, uh, but everything else, also they steal footage from Predator. Oh, Predator and Basic Instinct. So this is one of those. <laughs> one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm surprised there's no narrow margin footage. That's, I know. <laughs> I, I'm surprised. Every movie steals narrow margin nowadays. I mean, well, they must have had the cheapest footage going because so many people stole narrow margin footage. Extreme Limits, for example, Chief Lake, they definitely stole narrow margin footage. <laughs> and No Tomorrow with uh, Gary Daniels. Um, but, I mean, Terminal Countdown overall, it, it it's watchable enough. I mean, it doesn't really thrill you too much. Oh, um, Terminal Countdown? Oh, sorry. So, yes, Terminal Countdown. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, it's a typical DTV movie of the day. I mean, I don't remember Gossett really even doing that do much. Even Malcolm McDowell, because it's directed by Richard Pepin. Oh, and of PM like, fame. Yeah, it's like, eh, this is kind of mediocre. It's a kind of a movie on screen. But if I, we can start off that funny haircut. So I can go to our next movie. <laughs> okay. Which is very similar in a way. Terminal Entry from 1988. I li- This one I like. I like this is more my style because it's, it's so 80s. Edward Albert and Paul L. Smith. Yafat Kodo and Tracy Brooks Swope. Right, right, yes. That's a cool name, Tracy Brooks Swope. <laughs> yeah, and I like her. I've, everything I've seen her in, I, I've liked. And also the main kid, is that Matthew Laberto? Is that how you say Patrick that? Patrick Laberto. Patrick. Oh, right. Pat, yeah. Sorry, Patrick. Yeah. So, the plot of this one, Edward Albert plays Captain Danny Jackson. He's a strike team leader who's trying to stop Islamic terrorists from crossing over the borders of the USA from Mexico. He's working with Yafat Kodo, who plays Colonel Stiles, and also, they have a boss deal of name uh, Stewart, who's played by Paul L. Smith. And then there's a bunch of teens in the subplot, or main plot, really. Bob, Tom, Howie, and their girlfriends, Chris, Tina, and Gwen. <laughs> they go to a remote cabin in the woods to play an awesome new online game, Terminal Entry. But then, this game just got real. And so, the terrorists somehow be able to communicate within the game. So once they figure it out, then you gotta get uh, Edward Albert on the case. So we loved it, we said. Yeah. I mean, that's my memory. And this is very early on for having an online game. I mean, this was cutting-edge stuff at the time. Like, what year did this come out? 88. Okay, so 88. Who was talking about online games back then? Not too many people. I mean, yeah, I get that it was kind of starting to be a thing, but how many movies are there where it was? It's ahead of its time, for sure. That's what we said. It's ahead of the curve. It's uh, it's just fun, and it's like it's it's like a mixture of romp and like war games. Yes, yeah. yes. I think this is sort of like war, yeah. war exploitation, you might say, because it's like a lower budget, lower rent war games. But that's not to say anything insulting about the movie. I we really liked it. It's fun. Um, it's eighties. Yeah, that's pretty much Albert all has, I look for in a movie. Yeah, where Albert has like a machine gun and missile launchers and. Yeah, Makoto's cool, and you can't help really but enjoy it. So, yeah, so that's a recommended movie. I believe right now that's what we call a tog, right? A yeah. tape only gem. 
I don't even have a copy. I'm not even sure how you saw it. I, I think I have a copy. Oh, you have a copy. I'm trying to get a copy, but I don't want to spend too uh, high. Right. So. No, I understand. But this is the type of movie that Vinegar Syndrome should release. Because um, it's before the net, before Hackers, Terminal Entry. Watch it today. So, yeah, no, that that's a good pick. I like that yeah. one. Um, and, and that one really goes to your pun about terminals, like computer yeah. terminals. So I'll go to our next movie, which is Terminal Impact which is Frank Zagarino, Brian Genesee from 1995, also known as Cyborg Cop 3. Fanny Pack? Uh, I don't remember the Fanny Pack, but we thought it had a slow start, but it was really enjoyable. So Saint, played by Frankie Zags, (laughs) and Max, Brian Genesee, they're federal marshals and roommates. Remember, that's where he's singing and all that stuff. Oh, oh, that was that. Yeah. And uh, then they they have to kill off some kill bots. (laughs) So they're like humans, but they're robots who can kill, you know, super soldiers. Which I always wanted to be a super soldier. I know. I think, did I say this already on the podcast where I got sent mail by the army to be a super soldier? Um, or just to be a regular soldier? Yeah. I was like five, six years old. See, that, that's how they start you. That's what happens to the regular soldier. Right, they got to start somewhere. Gonna kill them all, sir. <laughs> or soldier. Yeah. You've seen soldier, right? I have not seen soldier. Oh, well, that's their big line. He, he the only line. If Curl doesn't say anything, he just like stands there like, Ugh. and then... <laughs> He's like, what are you going to do? I'm going to kill them all, sir. But the, here's the twist, though. When he says sir, she, he's actually talking to Connie Nielsen. So the sir is a woman, so it's very silly. So, wow. And also Chicklis, Michael Chicklis, and he's like being stupid. He like almost like falls into like a, a wind turbine or something. It's very silly. So it's like, <laughs> so, and it's over two hours. I'm not right? sure about that. I know it's short. It's like 95 minutes. Oh, it is? I thought it was long. It feels long because oh. there's a real hard middle slog to get through. Mm. And then he fights Jesus Scott Lee. It's actually kind of an underrated movie. Oh. He plays Todd. Kurt Russell. So. Okay. So, wait. What were we talking about? Oh, well, terminal. we finished Terminal Entry, I think. The Terminal Impact. Yeah. yeah so, uh, Okay, yeah. Killbots. Okay, so we thought it was very enjoyable. Uh, the first 35 minutes weren't that great, but then it picked up fast. So, um, let me see what else happened in this one. Yeah, so it's like a... Mixture of Robo War and Drive the Costco's. <laughs> oh. So that's a heck of a combination. Yeah. And there's some amazing stunts. There's motorcycle stunts, if you can see the picture. And like, right. Well, yeah, yeah. there's some great motor. Yeah. He's like, they're jumping up in the air with these fire blasts. That's so cool. I want to do that. What about the fire? I just want to jump with my motorcycle and motorbike. Or maybe uh, some awesome, like, exploding, like, skateboard or something <laughs> like that. You don't see that. An exploding skateboard. Yeah. We'll be almost like a more super action packed screaming the cube. It's like, hmm. it's a good idea for a movie. I'm it's surprised fun. no one's done that. Well, the thing, remember he broke through the glass and cleaning the cube? Uh, yeah, vaguely. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen that. It's like, here I go. Oh, it was like, I break it through the glass. I'm Christian Slater. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. He's claiming the cube. You don't never have titles like that, Gleaming the Cube. Yeah, now, I think we've talked about that. Yeah. How now your title has to be very obvious and sledgehammery. You yeah. can't have like a more poetic title. Yeah, like that. now it's like, sorry, I bothered you, sir. I'll oh, talk to you later. Okay, bye. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, these terrible, terrible movie titles that yeah. have been coming down the pike lately. I think we were just out of titles. You know, well they have been repeating a lot of titles also. Well, they repeat all titles all the time. You remember. Uh, Bad Company. There's three movies called Bad Company. Yeah, The Heist, which yeah. is understandable, kind of, but still, get a better title. Nah, I don't feel like it. <laughs> it's a heist. It's about a heist? Oh, it's called oh, a heist. heist. Yeah. <laughs> but I like your idea about an exploding skateboard or some yeah. sort of fire skateboard. Yeah, it could be so cool. And then maybe like it gets launched and it blows up. Yeah, yeah it'd be so cool. And get Christian Slayer to come back. <laughs> come back? So yeah, this is some sort of sequel? Maybe like a similar semi-sequel of Gleaming the Cube. 
Like it's, Gleaming the Cube. Again. Yeah, still gleaming. Yeah, yeah, still gleaming. So yeah, Gleaming the Cube 2, uh, Another Brother's Justice. <laughs> <It's> just like... <laughs> Right, because the original title yeah. was yeah, A Brother's Justice. Which, it's not a bad title, but that's like a TV movie esque title, which yeah. is again not a bad thing. But you're you're not going to be gleaming the cube. That's yeah. that's a title. <laughs> he has an awesome haircut. Yeah, unlike James Wolsey. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's like two opposite ends of the hair yeah. spectrum. <laughs> and so I'll go to our next movie. Let's want to talk more about this. Um, it, it's had a fun aspect to when you watch it, though. It's like you just have a smile on your face to watch Terminal and back. Like once you get through kind of the sloggy. 20 minutes. Yeah, but it's an interesting way of making your movie because it's like you'd think that, you know, you want to start with a bang and then, you know, a lot of times there's a slog in the middle before the climax. This starts off kind of sloggy, but then like almost like snaps out of it and then becomes a cool movie. I mean, plus if it has zags and was it David Bradley or who's the other guy? Brian Genesee. Brian Genesee, if that's how you say that. But uh, that's how you say it. It's Genesee? Yeah, it's Genesee. Okay. Yeah. I think they say on Street Justice in the TV commercials. Oh, it's Brian Genesee. Yeah, Carl Wellers and Brian Genesee, Street Justice. Okay, because I thought, you know, it could be Genesee. I don't know, Genesee. I don't know. I don't know. But if that's how they say it. Last year, you know. Bad guys in hell. Yeah, bad guys in hell or bad fellas. I already talked about them, but Michael Madsen, I, I think he's drunk in it. Oh, he has these army fatigues. It's like, why? He was wearing a regular, like, clothes all day, and then he has army fatigues. The movie, people need to watch this movie. They can somehow, like, buy it or download it or something, because it's, it's, what a mess. People would make fun of it. It's like, yeah, it would be one of those movies that, you know, people kind of ridicule, which is probably why it hasn't come out, because they probably know how bad it is. And I watched the other one called Outlaw, finally, and there was someone put it on YouTube. I had to, you know, put it in my uh, age, because it's age restricted. Oh, yeah. And it's Michael Madsen and Bo Svensson and Damon Whitaker. I think he's related to Forrest Whitaker. Oh. It's not very good. I think Bad Fellows is better. I can't believe I'm saying that. That's, like, that's... <laughs> What's another movie we had to watch online that had Gary Daniels and he waited a long time to see it? Oh. And it wasn't that good. Um, what's it called again? It was, it, was, it was Gary Daniels and Michael Madsen? <sighs> was it Madsen? Yeah, it was... Um... Oh, I can't remember the title right now, but I'll, I'll look into it. We'll get back to you. Okay. So, All right. So unless we have more to see. Well, see, the, oh, uh, did, you know, you mentioned the skateboard. It kind yeah. of reminds me of the thing we, as of this writing or <laughs> as of this recording put on the podcast. Yeah. Or Oh, my gosh. I'm getting so confused. Yeah. As of today, yes. the most recent review on the website is the Skid Kid. Yes, it is. So, you know, trying to bring some some light to the skid kid and i would imagine your movie with the skateboard is a bit like the skid kid it's a skid kid maybe pg-13 maybe a soft r because you know right you want kids to be able to skid their way into watching it like gotta scoot that's yeah that's that's his catchphrase and his name is scooter yeah like anyone named scooter is usually pretty cool i mean you think about scooter from uh beverly hills brats right like I don't know if I know oh, Ultimate others. Target was the movie. Oh, was. Ultimate Target. Yeah. I think we were underwhelmed by Ultimate yeah. Target. I think we did that. The uh, Ultimate movies, I think. So oh. we talked about that one. Oh, okay. So. All right, moving on. All right, so our next movie is Terminal Impact. Terminal Justice, sorry. Oh, oh subscribe. Terminal Impact again. <laughs> so from 1996, it has Lorenzo, Renegade Lamas, Kari Wurr, uh, Peter Coyote, Chris Sarandon, Barry Flatman. He's one of these Canadian actors. And Todd Folly, which we'll go to in a minute. Right, right. So, do you remember something about this? I, the, the only thing I remember is like, uh, who's the main star of it? Lorenzo Lamas. Okay, so Lamas is on the run, right? Or mm. no, or, or okay. Well, I remember Todd Folly. Yeah. Okay, I totally remember him. He's like yeah. the lab tech, but he's like this cool dude. Yeah. He's like this California dude with like long hair and, you he's know, like Keanu. Kind he's of a, looks a it feels yeah. a lot like Keanu. Hey man, I'm like the you know coroner man it's like, <laughs> it's like yeah i don't know if the casting 
was the best for their purposes but for our purposes it was great because he's sort of like the cool coroner and uh, <laughs> they could they could be a show that could be a show yeah cool coroner it'd be like that? quincy for the 90s that's brilliant that's a great idea and it's, it's always one scene in quincy where he just gets really mad yeah. at the chiefs like they're killing kids over here i gotta take this right now i gotta go <laughs> Is it, from what little I've seen, there there is always a scene in Quincy where he gets grumpy. Even if he wasn't grumpy the whole time, it's like they have to ride in the Quincy yeah. grumpy moment. Yeah, it's always fun to uh, watch him be grumpy. Uh, well, you gotta love the Clugster. Yeah, Clugster, uh, action star. I think we might have used him. As oh, used that? Okay, yeah, because he likes to clug people or slug people. <laughs> so it's like, all right. So t- talk us through yeah, the plot. Okay, so here's of, the plot of I want to ter- call it Terminal Impact. It's called Terminal Justice. So the plot is. Bobby Chase, Sergeant Bobby Chase Lamas, is an ex-Special Forces veteran of the 2002 Russia Cartel Wars. Very topical. So, and that conflict, which took place in the future, which is now the past, his evil captors destroyed his eyes. So now in the present and past of 2008, he's working as a cop and has cybernetic vision. What is cybernetic vision, you ask? I can't answer that. So, but he has to protect Pamela... Travis, played by Kari Wurr. Also, Kari Salin, right? Salin? Oh, yeah. For a while, she yeah. went by that name. I, I'm not sure. I guess the married name, maybe? Uh, no, and also, the bad guy is played by Peter Coyote. Hmm. He play, his name is Deacon Vivian. Hmm, <laughs> it's a good bad guy name. Yeah, Deacon's kind of a cool name. Yeah. Uh, and then he also... Let me talk about Todd Spelling for a second. So, he's a techie. He's not a coroner. Oh. He plays Takamura. So... <laughs> And then, you know, he helps out Lamas on his, you know, you know, trying to get Peter Coyote or you know, Chris Serrano does nothing. Um, uh, they, they should have called him Tekamura. <laughs> it's right there. He's a techie. Yeah. <laughs> so also the movie is also called Cybertech PD. So like, hmm. I have the Terminal Impact version. Oh, I think in the U.S. it was called Terminal Impact. Terminal because... Justice. I cannot get this. Title. Sorry, Terminal Justice, because the Terminal trend was red so... hot in the 90s. So they were going to go with the yeah. Terminal title over the other title no matter what and the tagline is it's a virtual jungle out there <laughs> which i like and you know that kind of talks a little bit to the vr aspect which again was very hot at the time there's like two taglines because the terminal justice tagline is the name of the game is danger <laughs> then the cybertech pd wants this one i just said but so. is is there a game or is it's it not really a game he's just kind of protecting kari were that's really about it and then there's some like evil scientists and like some a couple shootings and stuff it's not a bad llamas i think it's like a lower llamas it's not like i, I would say i wouldn't say lower llamas i would say maybe middle, mid middle llamas because there's lower llamas yeah, than this good cop bad cops a weak llamas and uh i can't forget right now but terminal justice i would say it's a middle llamas. yeah it's middle i mean it's not viper it's not Blood, uh, for blood. blood for blood. It's not top level llamas, yeah. but it's not low either. It's not bounty tracker. No, right? no, it's not. No, but it's you know, it's if you were ranking the llamases, those would be the top, and then this would probably come in right after those. You know, it's yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, leave it the llamas. That's what we did for our podcast. That was a big hit. Yeah, people like that one, I think, and then I think is that the one where uh, Mako is in a banana suit? Yeah, one yeah. of those. It's yeah. either blood for blood or. I think it was Blood for Blood. Or but it, we, we mentioned that in the podcast, yeah. and I forgot that, that, about that, and I thought you guys were insane. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget that Kari works from Connecticut. Oh. I'm not sure where, though, because it says Connecticut's own Kari Wurr. So, um, let's see what else is there. Oh, yeah, the director is, all, is named Rick King, and he also made Prayer for the Roller Boys. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. And Kickboxer 3, The Art of War, which is one of the better Kickboxer movies. 
So, you know, but do people talk about Rick King? No, they don't. We're like the only people that do. I mean, maybe Connoisseur and, you know, some of the other people do. You know, we really got to highlight these directors that made this sort of product because who else is highlighting them? You know, where would we be without prayers for the... I always make this... Is it prayer for or prayer of the Roller Boys? I think it's prayer of the roller boys all right well where would we be without it is all i can say it, it gave life and color and energy to our four. video stores it's four. Oh, it is it is four. prayer for the roller boys okay you pray for you pray them. for them i have yeah. to remember that i always mess that up but anyway <laughs> um okay so i think we're we terminalized that one so yeah, what's sure it did. so our next one is terminal in wait where is it there it is <laughs> terminal rush oh oh okay yeah i have I could be wrong, but I have some good memories about Terminal well, Rush. Why do you I, say the memories? Well, I, I don't really have them. Well, no, that's not true. It has Roddy Piper and um, Don the Dragon. Yeah. And I think we liked it. And Roddy, I believe, wears makeup. Yes, you good memory. Has really and they're on like a... Guy liner. Guy liner. And yeah. um, someone's on top of a... Yeah. I want to say a dam of some right. sort yeah. and then they fight it out and it's and it's really good casting because I think it's the only movie where they appear together and I'll let you take it from there okay so the plot we actually only gave it two bits oh my memories that we like so Jacob Harper played by Don the Dragon is a deputy sheriff in a small town near the Hoover Dam mm-hmm. he has to as if fighting off rednecks who harangue him because of his Indian but Native American ancestry wasn't enough uh, now a team of heavily armed baddies have taken over the dam, so it's like Die Hard in a dam, mm. or Damn Die Hard, <laughs> which they should have called the movie. You know, that's like you know what has Tarantino wrought? Yes. What has Die Hard damned? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> uh, hey, that's funny. Yeah. And also, um, what has Showgirls wrought? Because, yeah. or what has Basic Instinct wrought? Because, yeah. I mean, I'm happy they wrought all this, but if it wasn't for Basic Instinct. There wouldn't be the erotic thriller movement of the 90s that we love so dear. <laughs> and we wouldn't have Terminal Countdown. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, well, that's, well, <coughs> absolutely we wouldn't. Yeah. But, you know, we wouldn't have. Because I think if you look in the video hound, there's a movie called Lap Dancing. Yes, I've heard of that. And I think it's Larissa McComas. And if you re- look that up, it says, what hath Basic Instinct wrought? Or maybe Showgirls wrought. But they wrought something. <laughs> so let's go to... Before I talk more about, well, it's a Die Hard and a Dam, so that's basically the plot. But let's not talk. Let's talk about the character named Snooky. So, and he's played by the actor Brian Warren. You know, he's like a he's like Snooky. I know this before uh, Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore, and all that stuff. So, it's like <laughs> I mean, Snookies did exist in the world yeah. pre Jersey Shore. You know, let's remember that there was, there, I think there was a restaurant or something. It was, was on the called Snookies. I, I, I believe so. Or some kind of store but i think it was a restaurant it was on the berlin turnpike if i'm not mistaken and in, in that store where you bought windfall i think that's the former snookies wait windfall or fire trap no remember it was like a antique store and you bought that other movie that horror movie i can never remember oh, the title soul soul cat soul keeper yeah oh with tommy lister so yeah, yeah. And i think robert davi still sitting and haven't watched it yet <laughs> all right so let's talk about snooky he's a black guy um, like a black sheriff, so he's the original Snooky, mm-hmm. and then, uh, well, his voice sounds just like Samuel L. Jackson's. So, if you remember that, I don't. So yeah, okay. So look at the cover. If you, if you looked at up while you're listening, you got you know Don the Dragon, Roddy Piper have guns next to their chins. It looks really <laughs> awesome, right? It's like oh, it's gonna be awesome. It's not that awesome, unfortunately, because it's, it's a lot of dead weight and there's a lot of some stupid um, one-liners. Remember, some guy fell off the dam. 
And then he said, uh, <laughs> so stupid. Dr. Dreamcatcher. <laughs> I don't even understand that line. I, I think I almost get that one. Like he's dead, but then he'll say that's a dream. I, 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 that might have been a reference to something that was said in the movie earlier that maybe would make more sense. I, well, but, Don's but, character has to help. And if anyone can save us, he can, as they say. <laughs> well, that's what they always yeah. say. He's probably the best, also. Well, it's, yeah. it's shot in Canada. It's directed by Damien Lee, and he's. Oh. And his movies have very weak, you know, Canadian production values. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's true. I mean, we want to like his movies, but they usually are kind of gray yeah. and kind of dour. And this one isn't as dour as some of his other ones. But yeah, I mean, maybe we, I. Do you have a better memory of this movie than I do? Well, we have to rewatch. I don't think I do because I remember liking it, and you're <laughs> saying we didn't, so yeah. I must be wrong. But of course, you said we were misled by the box art. Maybe yeah. I was thinking of the box art, and so I guess it doesn't live up to the box art. All I really have to do is that Don the Dragon has to kick and shoot people, and it has to be done in a nice bright warehouse. Or something like that. I don't want to, it's all dark looking. Right. Is that all, so freaking hard? Like, look at um, Night Hunter. Is that the one with Shaky Cam or Earthquake Cam, as we called it? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it's like they had, he was like a crow type in that. Yeah, he was. It's like, and that's a great idea. Let's get Don the Dragon be like the crow. I mean, okay, now we're, we're getting somewhere. But then the camera work is hideous and you can't even see what's going on. Oh, if they didn't have that, you would have had a hit and a half, too. Well, we we had every reason to think before watching the movie that that's what it would be. Um, yeah, Jack Cutter is his name, the Night Hunter. <laughs> well, it's it's up there with Hack Stone as far as great <laughs> names. Brett Cutter. I, I wish my name was Brett Cutter. Um, Brett Slaughter, as you yeah, always say. Yeah, you always. Yeah, actually, you would be Brett Slaughter too, not just me. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Well, you don't you want to be Ty Dawkins? Yeah, Ty. Yeah, I should. I've said that a million times already. I should give that one. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Last time, last, last time. time. Yeah, Ty Dawkins. So maybe all you have to do is get Don Dawkins to adopt you, and then yeah. you're in. I can maybe you know mail him something. Can you adopt me? It's like, uh, and it'd be funny if we said yes. Like, you know what? I will. Everyone always says no. Yeah. Let's say yes. That's true. We live in such a negative culture. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, I mean, most people, they might send him like a picture or a CD to sign. You want adoption papers. No, I'll probably get a cease and desist letter. Yeah, probably what, he was this <laughs> nut bar. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. I want, you know, Ty Dock, it is kind of be cool. I'm being burned by the flames. So, <sighs> so good. <laughs> well. Burning like a flame. Okay, well, that's for you, Fountain Man, because yeah, I know you love when Ty sings. So. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we'll go to our next term. It's our last terminal, and it's a classic. Can you guess what movie that is? Terminal Rush. We just talked about Terminal Rush. Oh, it's something after Terminal <laughs> yeah. Rush. Yeah. Terminal. Has Charles Sheen? Oh, Terminal Velocity. Yeah. Yes, we reviewed this from 1994. Charles Sheen plays Ditch Brody. Yes. A great name. Another great name. He's a radically awesome skydiver who knows radical because he to the max he works at the jump center. Yeah, that's so cool. And then Diddington Brody the Third, as we <laughs> called him, uh, meets Chris Morrow, played by Natasha Kinski, and then she falls in an accident. But oh. it, there's more to that. Oh, I thought you were saying yeah. they they fall in love. Well, they, they kind of fall in love too. Um, no, but just hold your thought there, because at yeah. that time there were there sky diving slash jumping was kind of a thing. We had drop zone, we had terminal velocity. I think cutaway. Yeah, um, cutting away. That's Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> so, you know, that was a brief you know moment in time when you know all our great stars were jumping out of airplanes. 
because uh, it's kind of extreme. That's what we say. So it's like, and that was the '90s, and it was all about the whole Mountain Dew dump, jumping out of an airplane with your well, snowboard. Well, he's trying to figure out the mystery of the Natasha Kinski thing, so he becomes Detective Ditch, as we called it. <laughs> so it's like he's like beating up people. It's a great movie. Man, was I obsessed with this movie? This came yeah. Out. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, I remember it was like I saw the preview when I was a kid. So it was '94. So let's say '93, '94. I was like, "Whoa!" It's on the preview channel. So I was waiting for Nickelodeon to scroll up. It's like, what's this awesome called? Terminal velocity. I said it wrong too. Probably, probably called like terminal velocity. Yeah, you probably didn't know what yeah. either word meant. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's like what? And then I saw it. Like, whoa! Awesome <laughs> movie because of that great stunt. The car at the end. Remember that the cars falling out of the sky yes, yes. it's like this movie rocks <laughs> and it's like and it does it still delivers today because it has that charlie sheen charm yes yes and he has the char it charm. you call him char char no no the charlie <laughs> charm oh the charlie charm <laughs> uh, char char we, and we have nicknames for people but char char i think it's a bridge too I don't far i think even heidi fleiss called him that. <laughs> <laughs> but you no know, like you said he does have it this movie has it and it, it channels the the power of Charlie Sheen in a good way. It's it, a great point because he's always like, he feels the rush. So he, everyone's talking about feeling the rush. Well, so that, even she says, Kinsky says, like, isn't this a rush? <laughs> and, and don't forget in Stargate, um, Kurt Russell wanted you to feel the rush. Which we did. I, Stargate, well, you've seen Stargate? I, uh, yes, I've seen Stargate, but I don't remember much about well, it. I remember some camels or something and they go back in time. That's <laughs> yeah. about it. Just like, you know, so that was all part of the whole, you know, feeling the rush. I mean, yeah, they weren't jumping out of airplanes. I guess they were hopping around through time. But um, feeling the rush, drinking your Mountain Dew, falling out of an airplane, it was all all, all of a piece. I don't think I would do that, though, because, you know, you might, the chute might not open. It's like, you got to be well, careful. Well, that is the fear. I mean, you know. But then if you make that, then you really felt the rush. Yeah. It's like, and, um, what you're addicted to, according to I'm Mr. Big. addicted to uh, that rush. <laughs> um, so that was, you know, that's what we lived for back then. You know? Addicted to that rush. Great song. Um, so we can, that's the end of the terminals. I can go to dragon next. Okay. I guess go to dragon. And, but you know, just to reiterate ter- yeah. terminal velocity is kind of like oh. a big movie in, in your, certainly in your life and, yeah. uh, and video store memories. Yes, it is. And it's, I think it holds up today. I would watch it. I, well, I have the tape and the DVD. <laughs> so it's not like virtuosity, which I have the tape, the DVD, the, the Blu-ray? The, I don't the Blu-ray. Oh. I have the tape, the DVD, the poster, the CD, and the novelization. Yeah, so that's <laughs> awesome. That That's like the ultimate virtuosity fan. I mean, no, is there any more virtuosity merchandise out there, like a like a crew jacket or yeah. something? Cause there you have... must be. There must be. I would buy it. It's like, uh, check eBay. You should check oh. eBay. I think they might have some stills or maybe – Are people no. wearing the virtuosity No, 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 no. The stills they produce as part oh. of the promotional process. I, and, I, and I just watched it a couple years ago on laser. Oh, I forgot, I had the laser. Oh, you have the laser. Yeah, the laser too. Yeah, so I, <laughs> first laser I bought is virtuosity. And didn't you say like it goes by like a bullet? Oh like you said, like forty-five minutes went by in the blink it, of an it eye. It felt like it was so fast. He's already at the part where he uh, is talking to six six one seven in the truck. It's just like in the prison truck. So it's like <laughs> people have to watch the movie to find yeah. out what I'm talking about. But like you're already there. He already did the scene of Tracy Lords. Since six point seven and Tracy Lords is singing, love, sweet love. So I can talk about virtuosity all day. It should be a whole virtuosity podcast. Yeah, maybe we will when we start to do podcasts about one movie. Yeah. That should be one of them, and also Malone, which we've been love- threatening for the past yeah. three years. Yeah. But we we will get to that. Four years now. Oh. Sounds- 
this podcast 2019. That that is true. Yeah. So uh, I, I yeah, I'm probably in the first episode we talked about African Doom Alone podcast. But. I think so. Well, we talked about our favorite names like Limehouse Willie. Yeah. We want to go all the way back to the beginning. You know. Now we right. have 80 plus episodes. Yes. So that's a lot of material for <laughs> for anyone. But um, okay, so now we're on to the dragon movie. Yeah. So which is the first dragon we're movie you got? Start with Dragons Forever from 1988. Okay, but I don't remember much about this. It's Sam Jackie Ho- Chan. It's a Jackie Chan Sammo Hong movie. And I get to say, well, it's a good, the fun, you know, you know, rock'em, sock'em kind of kung fu movie. But I just watched Martial Law and, and Sammo Hung plays Sammo Law. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Great show, forty-four fantastic episodes. Unless you want to count the early edition episode where Samuel Hong is on early edition. Now, if you remember early edition, it's a show where Kyle Chandler gets the newspaper a day early. So, in the Samuel Hong episode, he figures out Kyle Chandler's secret, and there's a bunch of beat him ups and punches because it's Samuel Hong. It was it was the most action packed early edition ever. Uh, well, that show wasn't normally known for its action, right? No, but but you did say that. Um, Sammo Hung brought his Asian stunt team to martial law. So th- yeah. the show has more of like a stunt filled Asian feel to it. Yeah. That's what makes it a great show. But I guess we should talk about a little bit of plot of dragons. Right? Sure. Notorious gangster and all around bad guy. Hua played by, uh, uh, Yuan bio. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. He's cool. Knockabout. Cool movie. Uh, he's using his evil chemical factory. Hua chemical works as a front for a drug operation. And then Jackie Chan and is on the case. So, we call this a winner. Um, a lot of cool stunts. You gotta love punching. You know, it's like... Cause it's <laughs> if there was no such thing as punching, we wouldn't have this podcast. Yeah, we wouldn't have a podcast or a website or anything. Need my punches. But this is like... A, if you haven't seen this one, I think it's kind of an underrated Jackie Chan movie. I, I would agree with that because most people don't really name check it when they're talking about Jackie Chan. I, I do think it was very well distributed to stores. I seem to remember seeing it around. Because when people watch, it's like, hey, this is pretty good. You know, I think it just had a Blu-ray. It had, like, two cuts on it. I oh. saw it at the archive today. So. Interested? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm interested down the line. I don't Do you own it. it? No, I don't own oh, it. Oh, so you might as well get that version. I think it was, like, 50 bucks. But, you uh, know, maybe maybe on the next archive. I'll double-check the price. So, But I'd recommend it if people haven't seen that one. People always talk about, you know, Rumble in the Bronx or, you know, Rush Super Hour, Cop. Super Cop. It's like, it's like eh, let's talk about Dragons Forever for a second. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. the the... Samo Hong, Jackie Chan, Yuan Biao catalog goes pretty deep. I mean, they have a lot of movies between the three of them that oh. even us, you know, Americans don't even know about. Oh, yeah, and they're hard to find here at our wacky shores. So, it's like, so I guess we'll go to our next movie, Next Dragon, which is Dragon Eyes, directed by John Hyams, has Song Li, uh, Peter Kung Le- Lei. Kung Lei. Oh, right? thank you, Kung Lei. I've never heard say that a lot. Uh, Peter Weller and Jean Claude Van Damme. Uh, do you remember this? Uh, yeah, I remember it, but I don't want to run into the same trap where I start talking about it before you do the plot outline. So you uh, do the plot, then I'll, okay. we could talk so about it. Lei, he, uh, a man named Hong, comes to a gang, drug, and crime-infested hood called St. Jude and runs a small apartment. It seems like a gang war is brewing between the devil dogs. Isn't that like a, an exciting food you could buy next to the Twinkies? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's the rival gang? The Ho-Hos? Yeah, yeah, probably. That would be like a prostitute gang. Ah! Like... <laughs> Got him. But, okay, so it was also between the devil dogs, the Sixth Street Kings, and the East Siders. So also a corrupt cop is on the beat named Mr. V, played by Peter Weller. Uh, he's orchestrating all this mayhem from behind the scenes. And also, John Claude Van Damme plays like a guy who's in prison. So John Claude Van Damme's not really in this movie that much. So if you remember that, I do remember that. I mean, yeah. I remember it's more of a Kung Lai vehicle, and 
Van Damme acts kind of wacky in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting performance by Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's, but it's not a bad movie. I think no. it's like kind of a lower, it's like an almost underrated movie. A little bit. If you're running out of movies to watch, this is, definitely fits the bill that's kind of entertaining. Yeah, I mean, Kung Lei, I mean, clearly he has the moves, but yeah. he, he, I don't know how likable he is. I mean... He's not. And, he, and every boxer I see, he looks like Cuba Gooding Jr. Well, yeah, he looks a lot like Cuba Gooding Jr., which I'm not going to hold against him. No. But what's the one where he really looks like? Puncture wound. Yeah, pu- Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you look at that, like we just saw that box in a store. I, I mean, I'm not sure why you would, but if you did, you'd say, oh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is in this movie. <laughs> and they've been in movies, Cuba Jr. and Dolph Lundgren. They, they're in uh, One in the Chamber, people remember that. Uh, one in the Chamber. But yeah, but I think, you know, Van Damme is kind of stretching his acting a little bit here. It's almost, I don't want to say mime, but it's very like doing all these physical weird things. He wears this face paint or something, right? Well, that's Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning, right? He wears that white face paint. Oh, I thought he did in this. He but... have, I think he wore something weird because he was like just a prisoner, just doing, hanging around, doing nothing. It's like an, almost an extended cameo. Yeah, yeah, but I, but I do love John Hyams. I, you know, and um, I think he's great. Yeah. But he'll always be one of my favorites for uh, yeah. Universal Soldier Regeneration. Yeah. That's that's the one I really yeah, like. And, I, and of yeah. course, Day of Reckoning. Oh, Day of Reckoning. I think that's that's one that Andre Orlovsky. Yeah, they both have Orlovsky. Oh, but so. I'm t- I always get that mixed up too. Which is not the one that's under their own command. The other yeah, one. Yeah, you're talking about Regeneration, which is not under their own command. That's Day of Reckoning. Yeah, Regeneration is the yeah. one I really, really, really like. I that's to want to talk about an underrated movie. I mean, that to me is very underrated. I mean, not in my or our world, yeah. but in the world at large. I watched it about two years ago, three years ago. And it delivered. Yeah, I thought it really did. It was like, this is fun. This is entertaining. It's this cool. We did mention that it's Robocop versus Time Cop. <laughs> well, so, yeah, okay. I, yeah, yeah, I didn't even think of that. So, but they don't have any scenes together, Peter Weller and Van Damme. And Wouldn't Van, that be great? That would have been awesome. But Van Damme doesn't have scenes with anyone in it. No, he has scenes of Kong Lei. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we also mentioned that, you know, Weller plays Mr. What is it? Mr. V. Uh-huh. <laughs> he also played a guy named uh, <laughs> Danny... Or no, uh, what, Danny G from Force to Fight with Gary Daniels. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm glad you mentioned that yeah. because I seem to remember he played a character with a similar name in Force to Fight, and I'm yeah. glad that's in the review because like, it's Mr. G or Danny V or, yeah. you know, come on. <laughs> well, Mr. V wears a hat in this one. Oh, so that's how we differentiate yeah. them. Wasn't Peter Weller, he was in Scoot Trade. Well, you know, he yeah. he went DTV for a, a oh, long he, time. I mean, he's, I mean, he he's been DTV. Yeah. But I just got sticks, you know. Uh, Peter Weller, Angus McFadden, and uh, Brian Brown. Okay, you've never seen that. I know, I haven't. It's a 2001 heist movie, shot in like South Africa. Right, it's, okay. it's like it's a movie you ran a blockbuster when you know your eighth choice is out. Two left <laughs> shoes. Yes, it is. <laughs> My favorite company. My favorite kind of feet. <laughs> so, I think we've talked about that enough. What two left shoes? No, we've never talked about that enough. I'm talking about uh, Dragon Eye or Dragon, well, Dragon Eyes. Eyes. We were, I'm going to wrap up. Okay. So the next movie is okay. So let me go Dragon Fury from 1995. David Hefner directed. Uh, Robert Chapin or Bob Chapin. <laughs> People call him. It's like Bob De Niro. It's like I woke up Bob De Niro. I was like, no, he didn't. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, well, you know, people always want an in, but I mean, this is the one with Pat Morita with the hair. No. Oh, then I'm thinking of a different movie. What movie is that? Remember we watched it not that long ago. It's like, you found it at Goodwill and it has Pat Morita and he has funny hair. It's like standing up like Don King. Um, (laughs) 
Oh, look, I know, I know what you're talking about. That wasn't Reggie's Secret. No, it wasn't Reggie's Secret, okay. which, you know, which is a movie. I'll look into the uh, Pat Morita thing. This has no Pat Morita. I wish he was in oh, it. Oh, okay. You know, this is Robert Chapin, Dave Hevner, TJ Storm, and Richard Lynch. It's very garbagey. Um, they gave it one star. Why? Does it, say, does it say why? Yeah, it's because the movie looks kind of greasy. and it, like, <laughs> It looks and, greasy? That's yeah. an unusual uh, descriptor. It's like blurry looking. It's a trauma thing. Oh, oh. And... He's it's no ring of steel, Robert J. Well, what the heck is with his, the guy with the shirtless shirt and you know, <laughs> um, he, he walked he got slain in real life. <laughs> oh, the, the the LARPy guy, yeah, yeah. People need to watch Ring of Steel, that should be on Blu ray. Oh, yes, uh, the, yeah. Vinegar Syndrome. Where are you? Yeah, I, and I, I love the guy with the shirtless shirt. It's kind of like you know, another dog and song, Heartless Heart. <laughs> You've got a shirtless shirt, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so, oh, wait, the plot, uh. Wow, okay, so Mason, played by Robert Chapin, has attained the rank of Dragon Warrior, travels back in time to the year 1999, yeah, just like Y2K, to find a cure for a plague-ravaged world after a big earthquake kills most of the civilization. Uh, and there's like a serum. Um, oh, yeah, there's, there's no serum. So, so <laughs> I'm reading this too quickly. Uh, and then, you know, back, you know, and now he's in the past and the future. It's all very stupid and dumb. And he has to fight T.J. Storm, and Richard Lynch's uh, overlord named Vester. Okay, I, I kind of remember this yeah. now, but I think I blocked a lot of it from my brain because it's just not the quality level that we've come to expect. Well, <laughs> we said, just to knock this out and make this quick, okay. is that we will make you yearn for the presence of Yorgo Argonovsky uh, okay. from Warrior of Justice. Now... <laughs> That, that says it all, really. That's a new low. <laughs> Which I thought was terminal. Uh, no, sorry. Um, Which one? Hostile intent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's new low. It is Rob Lowe's best one. 911 Lone Star. Very stupid program. Just wanted to get that out there. I mean, if you want cl- classic low, just watch Hostile Intent. Yes. Or, That's all you need. Yeah, don't watch The West Wing. No, don't okay. watch 911 Lone Star. Don't watch, you know, Code Black. I don't know what shows he's on. Just watch Hostile, Hostile Intent. That's yeah. all you need. <laughs> It's so stupid. Nine one one loans are because they're out of ideas. It's like nine one one. So in, in this one, Rob Lowe is like he's barely in it now because he's like I think I might mentioned this before on the podcast where like his brother and other brothers like write for the show. So he must just get really lazy. He's barely in this. And he, it was the premiere. Was Chad in one? Of them? Chad was in it, but he was in a, a past. It was like when he's like, uh, you know, Rob Lowe is sad in the past, so Chad Lowe is there. It's not great. So what in this episode on the premiere, <laughs> there's a bunch of frogs uh, dropping in the sky. <laughs> At a carnival, it's so stupid. The guy gets like stuck in a porta potty, oh. and people are falling off things. It's so dumb. It's like I, it's over because it, you know you hear the the letters nine one one, and you think this is serious stuff. But now we're talking about frogs and porta potties. I don't know. It's a disaster of a program, though. It used to be kind of fun, but now there's not even any Rob Lowe. He's like he like his scenes like yeah, he rides a new motorcycle. That's like his big scene. <laughs> then he's barely in it. It's ridiculous. As I've said, if you want Rob Lowe, watch Hostile Intent. <laughs> All right, so I can't. Well, is there more to say about this about, about this garbage Dragon Fury? Yeah, I guess I wouldn't recommend it unless you're really like Bob Chapin. And it's like just watch Ring of Steel, and that's. I guess we liked. There's a a, a fight on Skid Row, and there's like a Chinatown fight. I don't remember any of this really. And- it's gone. It's man. gone. That's gone. I want to. Rem- I I remember we watched it on YouTube because we had to get the age restricted. That's all I remember. Uh, that's more than I remember. Just like outline. What's age restricted nowadays? We're oh. adults here. That's like, it's like I, I guess they're trying to protect us from watching this crud. <laughs> you know what? Maybe they were right. 
Like, <laughs> no age is the right age. <laughs> All right, so I'll go to our next one. We'll get just a couple more. We have kind of another kind of dud, which is Dragon Fire, 1993. Uh, Dominic Labanca. <laughs> it's a punch fighting blood, blood uh, fist knockoff. Oh, boy. Same, and full full impact. What's the movie with um, Trimble? We just watched it. Uh, yeah, full full impact. Full impact yeah. yeah, that was a good one though. That yeah, we like that. There, that that's some good stuff. See, that is not as good. This is this is a lot worse. It's like you don't really care about Dominic LeBlanca. Why I want to call him Dominic LeBlanca? <laughs> well, you're thinking of uh, Matt LeBlanc probably. Yeah, Matt LeBlanca, like that would be a mixture of Street Fighter and Friends. I guess that's really, Could, really stupid. <laughs> well, that's 90s for you. Oh, but, well, in this plot, oh boy. Los Angeles is in 2032. Is when you just know it, a hellhole. A man travels from another planet named Laker Powers, <laughs> whose name was obviously concocted by a huge basketball fan, as we said. He has to compete in underground punch fighting matches to somewhat get close to finding his blood brother's murderer. They, it's one of those. It's one of these, like, your brother gets murdered, your brother's justice, and all this stuff, and now he's to fight in these dingy punch-fighting warehouses. Uh, and then he has, a, he has a trainer named Slick. Do you remember Slick? No. But I remember <coughs> the guy from uh, Full Impact, where Ooh, he's sitting Aurelius. in a chair. Aurelius, yes, yeah. yeah. He was great. He, he that, almost stole the movie. I thought it was really fun. I'm really happy to have a copy of For that. For that movie with that exact same plot, that's... If not the best, one of the best. I think it's even maybe better in Blood Fist. It could be. It yeah. could be. So, Kisu is played. That's the uh, trainer. He's played mm-hmm. by an actor named Kisu. He said, "Don't get him confused with Kimo or Bino. He's he's he look kind of looks like Mario Van Peebles. So, Mario Van Bino. Yeah. <laughs> now we're getting silly. Yeah, that's silly. <laughs> now we're getting silly. I just. <laughs> yeah, it's been silly enough. Yeah. Uh, okay, I know we're not really saying much about this one, but just, well, just watch. We said everything there is to just say. Just watch Blood Fist or Full Impact. It's the same plot, you know, or Angel Destruction almost. Right, right. Because so. that one has Maria Ford, so yeah. that's going to trump uh, any of the other outings. Did you stay up? <laughs> okay, that's a quick jump though. Okay, we'll go to our next movie. Okay. So, <laughs> our next movie is okay, <laughs> Dragon Fight from 1990. Okay. Michael Paré, Robert Zadar. Charles Napier, or the Napes, for DTVZ. Paul Kufos, George Buckflower, James Hong, and Joe Cortese. Not to make it with Dan Cortese. <laughs> hey, maybe that's his dad. Uh, maybe they're related. I don't know. That'd be great. They should be in a movie <laughs> together. Dan Cortez. Joe Cortez. It's like, it's like Ernie Reyes Jr., Ernie Reyes Sr., and Chemo. Yeah, yeah. They need to get like Dan Cortez... The other Cortez and some random person like Bubba Smith. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or Kimo. Like Bo Bridges, Lloyd Bridges, Bubba Smith. Yeah, I think it was it was Bo Bridges, uh, Bubba Smith, and Lloyd Bridges. Yeah, and it was like Ernie Ray's Junior, Kimo, Ernie Ray's Senior. <laughs> so they should do that with the Cortezes, even if they're not related. Just do it anyway. Well, that was the Ultimate Fight, another Ultimate movie. Just you know, like Ultimate Target. Remember that one, Ultimate Fight? You know, oh, sure, like... of course. There's a backyard <laughs> fight. There's Kimo, of course. I mean, of course. And of course. Hitler, my man. You yeah, know. it's Corin Nemec. Corin Nemec at his best. Though. What a crazy movie. I think it's maybe better now because it's so ridiculous. Yes. I, I got to rewatch it. You should rewatch it. Yeah. All right. All right. The plot of Dragon Fight. Okay. So Paul Kufos. All right. Here we go. Here we go. In the deserts of Arizona, two men face off in the battle to the death. The maniacal Lockerbur. Yes, Lockerbur. Yeah. Yes, that's the name. If you didn't say it, I was going to say it. Oh, okay. You know about Lockerbur? I love Lockerbur. I remember Lockerbur. But do you love Lockerbur? I, 
my love for Lockerbur is in question. Right oh, okay. Now. I thought it was never dying. Well, <laughs> I need to wait till you finish your description. Okay, yeah. The Maniacal Lockerbur, played by Robert Dar, and the Honorable Falchion, played by Paul Kufos. <laughs> well, I'm saying that right. Because this is the future, and the two men are being controlled by their corporate masters. One big corporation, led by this smarmy, ponytail-wearing businessman named Michael Moorpark. Michael Paré. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was his name, Moorpark? I don't remember that. Did we mention this movie on our Paré episode? Because I kind of feel like we didn't. I don't. I think, I think we might have mentioned this movie just in passing. passing? And, okay. Yeah. So, and his associate's name named Asawa, named, played by James Hong. And, uh, let's see. They have millions, they have millions of dollars riding on the success of the chosen fighter fighting in the desert. That doesn't sound very good, does it? But there's something about this movie that's kind of just straight up garbagey <laughs> junk. And, um, also, <laughs> so while they're fighting in the desert, Falchion and, you know, Blockover, they find a desert named Mu Chow, played by Charles Napier. Do you remember Mu Chow? I, you'd think I would, but I'm. I thought that was I, a Chinese I, dish. It's just like. <laughs> Mu Chow pork. Yeah, yeah, Mu Chow pork. So it's like, <laughs> Mu Chow pork. Oh, yeah, Mu Chow pork. Uh,. <laughs> Like, there's all these wacky like characters. So there's Moochow and there's Jericho played by George Buckflower, and there's like a hot chick named Dark Servant played by uh, Fauna McLaren. That's a that's a new one to me. I mean, even I've seen this movie, but that that name doesn't ring a bell. But that sounds very. Um, what's the guy's name that you like? Um, uh, does all the whipping movies? Oh, <laughs> Lloyd. Samandal. That seems like a character that'd be in a Samandal. Oh, yeah. And Fauna McLaren as Ava. He just yeah, like... <laughs> yes, yes. It's always Ava. It's always Ava or like some wacky name. I guess they have Fauna McLaren. So that's the plot of the movie where these two people are just fighting in the desert. There's not much really going on. Warner Brothers put it out, which is really weird. Yeah. It's like... Well, the thing is, you know... The, the idea of fighters fighting in the desert, but are controlled by this corporate overlord, so it keeps going back to their boardroom and they're sort of like controlling it. Good idea. Yeah. Solid idea. Does it last the 90 minutes? Like, does it, does it do anything with it? Not from what I remember. Those were the best parts, was these, like, boardroom. You usually think those are boring, but they're not. Yeah, they're in this case, yeah, I think the boardroom scenes were better than this endless desert fight. So we were talking about Paul Kufos. You know, remember Busted Up? Yeah, Busted Up. And with- Thunderground, which are the sequels. And those were more like gritty, down to earth, realistic punch fighting. This is more like fantasy punch fighting. So, there's a lot of people go raw. It's like large. It's like so. There's a lot of raw and largs. Yeah, like, large. Yeah, I guess that's what it sounds like. Large. Yeah, yeah large. So it's like. I guess that makes for intelligent entertainment, um, worthy of the Criterion Collection. Well, it's directed by the guy who made Lone Tiger. So, which had an effect that we're not yeah, a fan which of. Which is very simple. It has a great, this has a great cast I just mentioned. So, you know, it's got Moochow, New Year's. Yeah. Well, that's all you need. But yeah, but he invented the Lone Tiger effect, which we always say, which is when they get a great cast but don't do a lot with it. I mean, you can get all the best people in the world, but what does it really mean when there's not a lot going on? So there's one more meathead we mentioned. Oh. His name is Bull. And he's, he's the Canadian 1982 world powerlifting champion. He just plays like a meathead in the movie. It's like when he's like boardroom people. No, he's not, board, not in the boardroom, but it's like he's you're like betting on bull. Do you remember this? No, but I feel like I should because I try to keep tabs on all our meatheads. <laughs> yeah, interesting. You know, there's a lot of good meatheads in Over the Top. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I still need to see that. Believe it or I not. I can't believe you've never. I seen know. It it's. I shouldn't even admit this on the podcast. I mean, I get yelled at for not watching the Goonies. It's yeah. Like, well, I don't yell at people for not watching movies because <laughs> you I didn't think... watch the Goonies. <laughs> you didn't watch Over the Top. If I admitted to some of the movies I've never seen, I'd get in trouble. Let me put it that way. <laughs> I don't mind saying I've never seen Top Gun one. Yeah. I hear people love this new Top Gun. Yeah, I've heard yeah. nothing but good things. But well, maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. But here's no danger zone. Oh, well, or maybe problem. it's done in a kind of a slightly jokey way. Oh, I don't like that. I don't know. I but all I hear are good things. So oh, maybe I'll check. Maybe it out. one day. Yeah. All right. What else you got? Oh, Dragon. Anything else to say about Dragonflight? Well, I mean, I don't have a copy. I maybe I'd find it for like a dollar. I like to rewatch it maybe, just for the boardroom scenes. Michael Paré was the best part. Mm. That's, that's not usually the case <laughs> Paré for the course we yeah. just did that one yeah alright so we're almost done we have one more oh. movie I think we do yeah oh no we have two I'm sorry let's go let's get silly with Dragon and the Cobra from 1980 okay um, Adolf Caesar Adolf Caesar <laughs> I love that name it's so unusual I mean it's like two interesting historical figures yeah, Adolf Hitler Julius Caesar yes <laughs> Yeah, but he had a kind of a cool voice, you remember? Well, I think he was an announcer. In fact, I think he's the guy you hear in a lot of movie trailers from that time. Oh, so it's not like Don, his name was? De La Fontaine. Yeah. No, this was like, I think he was like based out of New York, so when you see these Grindhouse movies... Oh, he did the, he did the he, voice. He, he did a lot of that, yeah. So it's also called Fist of Fear, Touch of Death. You find these movies in like these 25 packs. Yes. Cause it's like, or it's cheap, like, like, you know, yeah. not gray market, but like these cheap... Uh, tapes and cheap dvds i guess it must be like public domain or something yeah because it has fred williamson bruce lee right with like <laughs> ron van cleef and uh, bill louie i think he might have been played by frying fat man we'll talk about it in a minute <laughs> so the plot a big fighting tournament is taking place at madison square garden many fighters are showing up their various skills why is this going on you ask it's because everyone's trying to find the possible successor to bruce lee not the actual successor the possible <laughs> successor the uh, it's emceed by Adolf Caesar, uh, and the audience is Fred Williamson for no apparent reason. Um, this the movie really makes no sense. It's a bunch of kind of just kind of garbagey. <laughs> well, I think what they you know the thing is you you know all these movies that came out in the wake of the death of Bruce Lee, clones of Bruce Lee, this of Bruce Lee, that of Bruce Lee, fights back from the grave. So, so this is one of those and that sort of Bruce exploitation thing where they tried to come up with some plot that's something something anything to do with Bruce Lee. So they come up with this ridiculous plot where they have a a contest at Madison Square Garden to be the possible successor. That's their idea of a plot to somehow in any way shape or form include Bruce Lee in a movie. Well, that's the thing. And Fred Williams is hanging around. He, he looks confused. People think he look. He's, people think the joke is that people think he's Harry Belafonte. <laughs> like, I, I guess I don't really see the resemblance on that one. So, uh, but also, there's a funky kind of '70s score. Yeah. That's kind of good. Uh, let's let's talk about Fred the Flying Fat Man. Okay. He had such dreams. We said <laughs> we love to be privy to his thoughts. How a morbidly obese vagrant with sleep apnea and diabetes to think he could become the new Bruce Lee is beyond comprehension. Uh, if you have any information about uh, Flying Fat Man, do leave a comment. You know, we're still waiting for that comment. <laughs> well, there's not a lot known about the Flying Fat Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's like this boring footage of Bruce Lee's biography. Do you remember this part? I, I, I there was I do remember some sort of hacksaw editing of yeah. this. Yeah. So. <laughs> I just got the image, uh, images of Bruce Lee 
on VHS, on media VHS. I hear it's a good Bruce Lee movie. Oh, wow. So, and Bruce Lee's better than Bruce Lee. I agree with that, yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Very controversial. Yes. Of course, this movie doesn't have Bruce Lee, but I think it um, could have, maybe should have. But I don't think Bruce Lee was really on the scene yet. I could be wrong, but you know, Bruce Lee kind of came into his own later into the 80s. So, uh, would you recommend this movie? I'd say no. No, probably not. But if you happen to see it for a dollar at your local gas station, go for it. <laughs> You'll get nine more great movies. That's right, right, right. <laughs> so you don't have much to lose. So our last movie is Dragon Hunt from 1990. The McNamara Brothers. Oh. you got to end oh. on a high note. Well, yeah, talk, yeah. They, well we are. Michael oh, Michael McNamara, Martin McNamara, <laughs> and Bebop. Yeah. It's technically a sequel to... The title I'm escaping right now. Oh, Twin Dragon Encounter. Encounter. Thank you. So it continues right on, basically. So it's like the Halloween 2 of movies like this. Absolutely. Yeah. So the People's Private Army, perhaps an oxymoron we call that, are pursuing their obsession with the Twin Dragons, played by Michael Mick McNamara and Martin McNamara. Well, yeah, because they call themselves Mick and Mac. Yeah, Mick and Mac. Yeah. Well, that was the characters on MC Kids. Was that something? Yes, that was a video game for Nintendo Entertainment System, which was based around <laughs> McDonald's and Mick and Mac. And it was also called McDonald Land in other parts of the world. But yeah, Mick and Mac were like references to McDonald's in that, that game. That was a good game. I think we played that. Well, right? I think it was surprisingly complex. And it. I think I used the same engine, as they call it, as Super Mario Brothers 3. So it had a lot to it for like an, or a McDonald's-based game. I mean, there's a lot of running around of not much, you know, no you know work I mean, it's not like a you know a goomba people no no it's yeah. not like that it's no. like, it's like a lot more complex than you might think you have to like talk to birdie and you know <laughs> the other people from mcdonald's it's like a ronald mcdonald i guess it's, i don't i think we got to ronald he's Donald. probably like the boss like yeah. the last boss and oh hamburger i think we saw him so oh, i don't remember okay oh dragon Hunt, yeah so the plot of that yeah uh the people's private army, army are angered at them and now uh let's see here so they recruit more mercenaries to find up twenty two hundred thousand Canadian dollars if they can kill the twins. Wow, what? That's probably like a hundred dollars in American. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that's like five million dollars. <laughs> so it's like the most dangerous game or surviving the game, but with a crucial difference, it has the McNamara brothers. Yeah, this one's kind of an interesting movie because first of all, it's really hard to find. Mm. And we saw it on like YouTube or something, and. It's really hard to find VHS. I'd love to see a Blu-ray of Twin oh. Dragon Encounter and Dragon Hunt. Oh, my God. What a oh, vinegar syndrome. Great? Put them both together, you know, get some extras, you know, interviews, maybe commentary. It would be fantastic. So, um, <laughs> it's 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 bigger and better than Twin Dragon Encounter. That's what we said. More explosions, more punching, more everything. There's, I think it's a better movie. But Twin Dragon Encounter has that kind of... It's charm. It has that charm, you know. Um... I would definitely recommend it. We said it's more tunes by Billy Butt. <laughs> yeah, interesting name. Yeah, Survivor and make and makes a man cry, and also the song Faces right. also returns. All I see is faces. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, every, every night. night. Yeah, yeah. see, <laughs> great song, great movie. So we we kind of say it's like an AIP McNamara movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely recommend it. It's um. Oh, yeah, it's the first credit we see after the last scene, and we quote, This film was in no way assisted by the Telefilm Canada or the Ontario Film Development Corporation. Someone's got a beef. Yeah. 
So hopefully we can maybe there'll be a better copy, a more accessible I sure, I copy hope out so. there. I really, really hope so. I would love to rewatch it, or I want to get a copy. I'm not gonna go on YouTube again. Maybe it might not even be on there. We posted this, in, you know, four years ago. It could be gone. Yeah. Well, you know, that's why physical media is better than any other kind of media. Let's see. So the most dangerous game. I mean, I don't think I ever saw that one. I only saw surviving the game and all the you know knockoffs there. I, no, I've seen. It's like an old movie it's from old like movies. the 30s yeah. or yeah. something. Yeah, I believe I have seen that, and I think I liked it. Um, it's, it's, there's no Ice T, there's no Gary Busey. Well, I, as you know, I've never seen Surviving the Game. I, I maybe I shouldn't admit that. It's yeah. one of those movies. I'm I, not gonna yell at you. Okay. We'll watch it soon. Yeah, yeah, I think it's on our slate of movies to watch. Yeah, I think that'll be because Gary, Gary Busey's a very wacky. You know, obviously. Well, it's, he ranges. Sometimes he's lesser wacky, or sometimes no. more wacky. He's never not wacky a, after a certain point in his career. So it ranges from like. It starts at wacky and then it goes up from there. There's a part where it's like, this is Busey. Like, this is a Busey moment. <laughs> and doesn't Ice T have dreadlocks? He does, yeah. Okay. No, it's a quality movie. And Rucker Hauer, so it's a quality movie. But I guess I'm out of dragon movies. We're out of titles for this episode. Okay, well, that's, then that means we're heading towards the end. So yeah. I would just like to thank everyone who's listening I would, and the Comeuppance Warriors. And um, I guess talk about the uh, the social stuff. Oh, the pluggos, yeah. <laughs> shoot up the plug. <laughs> shoot, shoot up the pluggos. We got, I well, used to hate that, but now it's our catchphrase. Yeah, it's fun. Okay, so just type in comeuppancereviews.net on Google. You'll find most of us where we are. You know, the site, Facebook, Twitter. Type comeuppances on Twitter. But Taction Rocks is the Instagram handle where I posted Wilder today, Pam Greer, and Rudger Hauer. Mm. Uh, it's a, you know, okay mystery from MTI Home Video. <laughs> Which I know you're against. You don't really like MTI. No, no, I do like MTI. Oh. What was they, that company you were saying today that you didn't like? Remember, oh. There was, like, some movie at the archive. You said, watch out for this company. Oh, I don't remember that. Was it? Was it well, I like Last Entertainment also. Wow. Oh, yeah. Lettuce. Lettuce. And oh, I was saying that MTI has a lot of junky material. That's oh. what I was saying. Oh, okay. Well, what's that movie you watched with uh, our friend Anthony? Uh, the vampire thing. Oh, uh, Sleepless Nights? Sleepless Nights. That was MTI. Oh, well, so <laughs> it's not all bad. <laughs> that's a mi- that well, was yeah. hilarious. People should watch that. Well, just fast forward to the end. Okay, that's fair. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's not a great movie, but there is something cool that happens at the end. Yeah. If you like laughing. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you love yeah. laughing, you'll love Sleepless Nights. Which I don't think was the intention. I think it's supposed to be a horror movie, but hey. But I guess that's about it for the episode. So thanks again for listening. Yes, and maybe you could tell we were in the same room today, yeah. and we might be for the foreseeable future <laughs> uh, due to my technical difficulties. Yeah. So I think people like that when we're in the same room, it has yeah. different kind of energy. I think it does, and I think this worked out well. So. I agree, and I, I think that's the end of the episode. So thank you, and good night. Bye. What's the rival gang? The Ho-Hos? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. That would be like a prostitute gang. Uh. Or something.